for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again. Nice little break for us. We had a nice little five-day weekend for the uh, podcast, but, you know, sometimes every once in a while we need to take those breaks. Uh, but we are back at it again, Monday, June 1st. We are starting hurricane season off right, and I say that because I just got an email that we are supposed to be having a tropical depression possibly moving my way. So, yeah, that, you know, exciting times. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We have an amazing, amazing podcast for you. We have an amazing guest lined up. We have Campbell Harrison, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. How's it going today? Uh, living the dream, man. Just enjoying this nice weather out here. I'm chilling on my porch, as you can see. So, just doing that. Nice. See, if I had the internet, sta- or my internet was stable enough, I'd probably be doing something very similar out on my back porch. Yeah. But once you kind of leave the house, the internet gets very unstable. And so it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to, not going to test it. We're going to just kind of keep it. I know. I just got back from, uh, I was with my, with my parents in, uh, in Georgia quarantine for a couple months and the world's worst, worst Wi-Fi, man. If you, if you sneeze wrong, the Wi-Fi will go out. So I, I totally know it. It's good to yeah. be back. Soon. It sounds like, it sounds like my time in New Mexico, but we <laughs> won't go there. Um, so, Thank, well, first off, first off, thank you for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, so let's start off from the beginning. What originally got you into music, interested in playing music, you know, all that fun stuff? Um, I guess, man, you, I, I've always had kind of the bug, you know, the music bug. Um, both my parents are, are huge music fans and avid listeners. Uh, and they, so they, I really grew up with it, you know, it was kind of in my blood, so to speak. Um, and I remember listening to all different kinds of music is, is, you know, everything from prog rock and, um, jazz, to you know, uh, the blues and rock and roll and stuff when I was a kid. And so I kind of got that honestly. And then when I was younger, I, uh, you know, I, I played piano. That was my first instrument. And, uh, I just naturally just kind of moved over to the guitar just found my songwriting muse was better served that way and so i've just been doing ever since man i got hooked on the feeling and you know that that just got one of the purest forms of art i believe and i just uh i can't go back gotcha gotcha and what was it about the piano that kind of drew you to that as your first instrument um to be honest man it was it was my parents they got me lessons uh piano lessons and at the time, I, I hated it. You know, I I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the you know the whole classical training and everything. But uh, I'm glad they did because it really it, it gave me some foundational knowledge that would I could build upon for the rest of my career. And uh, you know, so I'm grateful for that. But uh, I still love the piano. I don't get to play it very much, but it's a uh, you know it's a great thing for sure. I have, absolutely, absolutely. And who would you say some of your uh, musical influences are? Oh man. Um, well, the list, we'd be sitting here all night if I had to go through all my whole list, but I'm a, 
right now I'm big on Blackberry Smoke as far as songwriting. That's some good Southern rock. Um, I love it all, man. I'm a, I'm a big Rush fan as well. Um, I grew up on jam bands as well. Um, but really, I, I just pull from a, a broad palette, man. I feel like as artists, we're all kind of um, we're sponges, you know, just constantly absorbing everything that that comes our way. And you know, naturally, the more stuff that you're listening to, and the, the more diverse your kind of like musical inputs the more you can synthesize within yourself. And so that hopefully when you squeeze that musical sponge, a lot of different kind of stuff comes out. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, that's a tough question. Yeah, I gotcha. Understood. Um, so before uh, we jumped on here, uh, I'd asked you because kind of how everything got set up was, um, you know, I, I'd put out a post about seeing who would be available and uh Brittany had reached out to me and asked if she could put some of her the music some of the musicians that she worked on and so i really hadn't had a chance to get to talk to you to find out what you had going on and before we jumped on the podcast you mentioned you had a you had a single that you released uh the river uh when did that release and what's kind of the uh what's kind of the backstory on that song so the river, um, I dropped uh, June third, I believe it was, and that was. Um, I'm starting to. I, I kind of found where I live musically um, now. It's it's taking a long time, but to kind of build my identity. But I'm living in that roots kind of Americana vein, and so this, I, I wrote this song. It was kind of inspired by the whole, um, the kind of tent revival, you know, down to the river to pray, um, kind of type message. And I wanted to have something that was positive, and that was a song about redemption and cleansing. You know, I thought it was appropriate for, you know, the, you know, the world's climate right now. Um, but yeah, we, we got in there at uh, Welcome to 1979 studio there in Nashville. Uh, I got with Chris Mara and some, and some friends of mine. We, we knocked it out. It was a dream come true, really. And uh, so I've been just promoting it ever since, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it and I'm ready to get back here into the studio again in July. Mm -hmm. You were, yeah, you were telling, you also had brought that up. Um, you said that this song, The River, you had really was where you kind of found your sound musically. Um, so what what's kind of that journey been like for you to kind of discover what your sound is? How? Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of trial and error, you know, uh, and especially as like a, as a young artist that's still, you know, trying to figure everything out, you know. Uh, and figure out how to write songs too. It, you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know. And I still do that to a large degree. Um, but over time, you know, after you, after the, you know, the more songs you write, you kind of find where you live, where you, you know, come back to musically. Uh, and so I just, you know, I, I've I've grown up in the South, and and I've been listening to all, you know, everything from you know bluegrass and country to to folk music and stuff and so that's what really speaks to me and that's that's what I, where I, i'm my best i feel like um so but you know man it's it, it's hard it's, it's a lifetime pursuit you know finding your musical center and so i'm, I'm still trying to do that but uh i think americana is where i is where i live mm, nice. sure. uh, and so this uh the river is a single just a single are you working towards like an EP, LP, or do you like doing the singles? Um, I'm actually right now, I don't want to give too much away, but I do have something that works uh, here in July. I'm planning on going back in the studio and putting out an EP. Uh, okay. This can be songs that are, that are 
new. Most people haven't heard most of these songs, and uh, we're gonna do three or four songs. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, man. It's gonna be a gonna be a good one. I would I would love to cut another album, you know. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, the time's not quite right, but yeah, uh, no, absolutely. You know, it's and it wasn't intended to have you expose your entire hand for the summer. It was more of you know, th- there's definitely a lot of musicians that they like to just bang out singles like they'll go in once a month and just bang out singles left and right and then yeah. you have some musicians that they just live for the eps or they live just for the lps and it's interesting how that changes between musicians and then how it changes between genres because i've seen it where like solo acoustic acts they live for the lps and then some solo or then like some Americana acts, they live for like the singles. So it's just a really interesting. Diverse yeah, way it, it is, man. It, it like the, the music age is changing too. You know, once we, once um, this whole kind of transfer into the digital age, the streaming age, you know, where people are no longer purchasing albums in the same way that they were, you know, everything is, is, you know, just a click away. Um, it's really changed the whole nature of the game. You know, the, the, the big labels aren't, it's, it's harder to get the funding for an album the same way as it used to be, you know, and to set up a tour off of it. It's, it's more uh, cost effective to really mm-hmm. just put out a single and just to keep people's attention, you know, keep, mm-hmm. because there's so much, um, so much coming down the line all the time. It's easy to get lost in the wash. You know, anybody with a MacBook can produce a, a pretty good sounding song nowadays and mm-hmm. so that's kind of a way of, of keeping in, in people in the front of people's minds is to is to the frequency of your releases. And so I think that's the reason the single approach has been done. Um, yeah. And I'm still doing that too, man. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that you brought up that pretty much anybody with a MacBook can produce yeah. a pretty decent song. But that that also, I think a lot of that is anybody that has success off of that, unless they are kind of move forward and develop develop and professionalize i guess is the word i'm looking for their sound like going into the studio they're always just going to be in my opinion i think they'll just be the one hit wonder because they struck gold with the one and then they're not going to ever be able to duplicate it unless they start taking their craft more seriously it's like the longevity like the musicians that have had longevity that I've noticed. Yeah, they may have started off with that one song that they cut in their mother's basement or they cut in their buddy's homemade studio. But once they had that success, instead of flaunting it and spending their money on stupidness, they went and either built their own like professional studio or took their next step into a professional studio. Right, totally. It's kind of a means to an end in in that way. You're you're right, man. And well, you know, and there's a lot of home studios too. That's a that's a cool route if you're good at doing it. If you have the skills and you have that kind of mind, you know, to work through the, um, you know, for minutia to really just dig in there and just hundreds of hours in your studio, build a studio. You know, yeah. it's it's. I don't think it's technically allowed here in Nashville, although that's. You yeah, know, I, yeah. you can't throw a stone and not hit a home studio. It's just yeah. it's, it's convenient, man. Yeah, and that was the one thing that scared me about about two years ago, I was looking at actually moving to Nashville with the whole live and amplified thing. And then I, somebody had sent me that article. I was sent me an article about Nashville banning home studios and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting there like, man, like a lot of 
places could probably get away with it because it's probably just them and their friends. But us, we bring different people in on a daily basis. And yeah. it's, you, you know, got tour buses like parked outside that might draw a little bit of attention. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, man, I, it's, I don't know. Studio space, I'm sure is, is expensive to rent. You know, if you can't, if I, I don't know, I, I'm not quite sure why that's a law, but I don't, I don't see any reason why it should continue to be a law. I, I wouldn't, if I had to guess, I'd say that's on the table. I have, a, I have a feeling it's a law on paper, but not enforced unless somebody's like really making a stink about it. I've never heard of anybody getting popped for having a studio yeah. in the room, but you know, I could be wrong. But um, so you're in Nashville currently, but I take it you're from Georgia? I am, yeah. Okay. What was it about Nashville that caught your attention? Um, well, man... Nashville, it seemed like the, just the kind of natural step for me. I, uh, <clears throat> I grew up about an hour kind of east, a little bit southeast of Atlanta, a place called Mansfield. It's mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. Um, but I spent a lot of time in Atlanta, and I, I still love it. You know, some of my best friends are, are in that area. Um, Nashville attracted me because for the kind of music that I do, uh, Roots Americana, this is where those songwriters go. You know, this is where they are. This is kind of like the, the hot spot for it in the same way that there's like a um, a really strong, you know, hip hop scene in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. This would be the, you know, the same, the equivalent you know, is Nashville. It's, it's songwriter, it's music city. And it's not just country music city. And so this seemed to be where the opportunities are and where the, you know, it's, it's, it's just hot right now. And so I, you know. Absolutely, been- absolutely. Um, and how long have you been in Nashville? Uh. I, since June 2018, so two years, give or take, I guess a little more. Yeah, probably two years on the – pretty close to two years on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and have you had the opportunity to kind of – have you started looking at touring outside of Nashville or do you primarily play locally? Well, right now I'm not touring anywhere, uh, yeah. you know, with the state of, state of the world. But uh, I'm planning on – taking another um as soon as i can you know as soon as i can get those dates booked going up the east coast and uh and and scheduling little mini loops uh that's pretty typical for people to tour outside of nashville you know especially like the little weekend uh weekend trips Mm -hmm. nashville is a really saturated market and so trying to trying to make a living playing within the city is is uh, a tall order unless you unless you can get some of those really lucrative residencies at good venues you know that are stable and source of money but this is really, it's like the melting pot for creativity and where people go to, to make the connections and to, and for the inspiration, not necessarily a, a, a paycheck kind of city, at least hasn't been in my, in my experience. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm definitely ready to get back out there on the road, man, and start. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Nashville is interesting like that because I was talking to somebody when I first, I went first went out to Nashville in November of 2018 and I worked with a few musicians. I, I rented an Airbnb and yeah. worked with a few musicians out there. Like I told the Airbnb people, I was like, this is what I'm doing. Are you cool with it? Yep. Cool. Brought my gear. And we just did a bunch of live sessions and podcasts, you know, and it was a really cool time. And I was talking to one of the musicians there and they're like, yeah, it's a good thing you came on a Saturday because Nashville is kind of backwards a little bit as far as music playing. Cause most independent or lesser known acts, the weekend is where they struggle to book gigs. So that's when they have the most time available unless they're working a full-time job. That's when they work their, their job job right? on the weekends because uh, the bigger acts, they come in. But had you come in on like a 
Monday through Friday type situation, you'd probably had a lot harder time trying to book any of these acts. It is. It's weird, man. Like, like you said, the big touring acts are going to be coming through the, the big venues like Basement East or Third and Lindsley or places like that. Uh, yeah. On the weekends. And so you can't get the, the local acts and they're quite as much, but you might, it might be a Monday night and there might just be the most ridiculous stuff you've ever seen just popping off, you know, um, yeah. you know, at, at the OG basement or something like that. It's it, it really, truly, man, there's something to do every night. I've, I've seen my favorite uh, bar is right down the road here in Madison. It's called D's country cocktail lounge. Yeah. And it's just the coolest spot, man. It's, yeah. it's so cool. And every night you can go in there and, and just see just acts. They're like, I, I can't believe that this is just our neighborhood bar, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It, you know, the last time I was there is one of those things where we tried to get out and go do things and go visit like the main strip. And right. the one place I really wanted to go was, uh, uh, BB Kings. BB King. I haven't been to the BB Kings downtown. Yeah. Like that, that was one place that I really wanted to go. And so we drove down and it was like, okay, well we'll park for an hour or two and then we'll just kind of walk around and see what everything's about. And if we can, jump into a bar, have a beer and listen to some music. Great. If not, you know, it is what it is. And we pull into a few different parking spots and it was like $15 an hour just to park. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to stop that bet. You know, it is one of those things where it's going to cost us 30 bucks to park for two hours. And it was like, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, you gotta know the spots. There's a couple of those little tucked away, um, like parking garages that'll be like ten bucks for three hours or something like that. But most people just Uber if you can get an Uber. You know, you gotta walk off Broadway, walk north or south uh, a few blocks in order to get a ride. But um, man, next time you're up, we'll, we'll have to go to my favorite spots are uh, are Layla's and Robert's Western World and Acme Feed and Seed uh, on Broadway. There, I don't really get into the triple decker country bars playing. Yeah. Luke Bryan covers and stuff. That's not really my thing. Yeah. Uh, but there's some there's some folks doing some get down classic classic music in uh, in a couple of those plots. If you know where to where to look, just steer away. You have to like listen, use your ears and tell where the screaming sorority girls are, and then you walk in the opposite direction. You That's know. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Oh, you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where I'm sure there are a lot of places off Broadway that are just as good. Like um I, before I went to Nashville, I didn't really know anything about the Bluebird Cafe, but everybody tells me you need to at least go check out there and all, you know, all that stuff. And uh, we did end up going all the way out to the Opry. So we got to, we, there was nobody oh, yeah. playing there the day. So we got to go do the touristy thing and just kind of walk around and be like, oh, hey, this is the Opry, you know, cool. Yeah. So that that was fun. And There's a ton of spots, dude. Yeah. Even not downtown. You Like I said, you can't there's dang near just walking to a gas station and see a little stage in the corner, man. There's, there, it's music everywhere. And you don't know some of the best ones are like this in the small little dives that you would never, you know, you, you wouldn't hear about on, you know, an Instagram hashtag or anything, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously with the uh, state of the world that we're in and everybody having a little bit more free time on their hand, uh, what have you been doing to kind of challenge yourself musically? Um, I've been trying to write more, uh, for sure. I've, for about the past week, um, straight, I've sat out here from dang near dawn till dusk here on my porch with my guitar, uh, writing songs or working through scales or, uh, yesterday my, one of my housemates, uh, was teaching me how to play some slide. So Mm -hmm. I'm working on that. So just trying to stay frosty, man, and, and put the time to good use. You know, it's, uh, 
it, it just because like the world's still kind of shut down doesn't mean that we have to be individually you know it's your choice how to spend that time and um it's a pretty good opportunity man not having to be distracted by work and all sorts of other life crap you know mm-hmm. absolutely have you tried to look at or pull influences from other genres of music and try and incorporate it into some of your new music that you're working on yeah um i'm always hungry for me new for a uh, new music man and uh i've been on <clears throat> i've been listening to my two most listened to artists right now are probably Billy Strings and Katie mm. Pruitt, um, who are vastly different. You know, Billy yeah. Strings is that he's on that get down bluegrass, and he's amazing. Yeah, and Katie Pruitt, I don't know if you're aware of her, man, but she is unreal. Her her last album was just stellar, you know. And uh, so I'm always like, always new. Let me like take like thinking about that song that I was just listening to. Be like, I really like that element that they use there. I like you know that kind of you know, transition or turn around or that, that vocal effect or whatever. So I'm always trying to, you know, so it's always, you can't listen to music casually as an artist, you know, it, it, it becomes a, you know, you get become, um, you reach the nerd level, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I heard Billy strings, we man. And so I kind of got spoiled because the first time I heard Billy strings, I heard him live. I was at a bluegrass festival down in the Florida keys um, we every year in January we go down to this bluegrass festival in the Keys, and the second year we were there, uh, Billy Strings was the headliner, and we that like at this point we were still my myself and my entire crew we were all still relatively new to bluegrass like we had went that first year and we got exposed to some really good music and we started just kind of deep diving, and then we went that second year, and when we got the lineup. It was like, ooh, who's this Billy Strings kid? And uh, we asked one of our buddies that puts on the festival. He's like, here you go. Here's one, of, here's one of his songs. But I'd say don't listen to it until after the festival. You want to hear him live first. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So we did that. We went down to the festival. Day of the festival. We just see this medium built kid with long hippie hair and yeah. you know he, he's got the blue jeans with the tie-dye cups at the bottom <laughs> i'm just sitting there i'm looking at him i'm like wait this guy plays bluegrass really yeah and one guy heard me say that he's like you've never heard him play before have you and i'm like nope <laughs> he's like oh you might want to go take that front and center stage i'm like all right and so he hit or he came on stage and it was just like wow that that's amazing and you know you yeah, can play yeah and what's cool is he at that point he was just walking around and talking to everybody and he was doing like a little interview thing he had something set up on his phone to do live streams and all that stuff and i'm just sitting there like nice you know and this was back in 2017 yeah so i don't think he, he wasn't quite as big as he is now and then later on I think that next year he had done like some bigger festivals. And then earlier this year, he was supposed to be on Jimmy Kimmel and is like, yeah, wow, that, that's crazy. Well, man, it's, it's really, it's like a, it's awesome that that kind of music is coming back around, you know, that was popular. That's becoming popular again, yeah. you know, which is like, we're seeing that uh, alongside this whole Americana wave that's hitting right now, especially that's kind of rooted here in Nashville. It's like people are starting to get away from, uh, uh, well, some people are starting to get away from the overproduced kind of like pop country 
that was going on and starting to get back to roots music and, and doing folk again. And you, you know, the indie genre is kind of blending too. So it's good to see it, man. It's, it's perfect timing for me, yeah. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, I'm not a big fan of the overproduced stuff. Like I, you know, just solid musicianship and no auto tune. Right. Yeah. I'm good, man. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to you and your music a little bit um as far as your creative process goes when you sit down to write a song like what's your process when you sit down to write um that's tough man uh it really depends on how it comes on on how the how how it hits me first sometimes i'll have, already have a melody in my head you know that i'll be singing in the shower or something like that and then i'll just i'll take that to guitar and flesh that out and then and then find lyrics sometimes um or actually probably most of the time I'll, I'll be playing my guitar and I'll come across a, you know, a musical, uh, a, you know, either like a, a motif or, or a progression or something like that, that really grabs me. I'm like, okay, this is something I could, you know, I can flesh out and then I'll add lyrics. I very rarely start with lyrics and then add music to it later. I almost always go music first and establish a hook and then we'll try and then we'll piece together my, my uh, lyrics. And if I, I, when I start with the lyrics, when I get to the lyrics, I go chorus first usually um, because that's kind of going to be your central message for the song. You know, the chorus is going to embody, uh, you know, kind of what your song's about. And then so it's easier to, to, to insert verses that fit with your chorus, you know, yeah. rather than having to tie them together later. Um, I don't know if that if I don't know if that was that's about as clear as mud, I guess. But no, actually, it made a lot of you know it makes a lot of sense because it's and honestly, that's how I thought a lot of musicians worked. And then as I started interviewing more musicians, oh, I've started talking to some where a lot of them like to write their lyrics first, and then they form the music to the lyrics. And it's like I was always under under the impression that it was reverse you had a lick or a tune or a guitar riff or a something and then you just kind of yeah so. everybody's different man it's it's tough i'm uh the ironic part is i'm really a better lyricist than i am a melody maker mm -hmm. but that has to come second for me i don't know if it's just a mental block or if it's just kind of the the way i'm built but uh, uh yeah do you have a, a like somebody that you like to work with and write with? Because I know like co-writes is a big thing out in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, co-writes are big. I I'm not doing as many or I haven't been doing as many lately as I was when I first moved here. Uh, but some of the best songs you know I've I've written have been co-writes with friends of mine. You know, um, it, yeah, it, it depends. It's it's always tricky. It's like it's almost like dating. You know, finding a, a co-write partner because you know is is our energy going to be compatible? Do we write similar styles? Is one person too controlling? Is you know someone gets their feelings hurt too easily? It's it's like you know it's 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 like a it really is like musical dating, and so it's hard. Um, uh, but it, it can be really special. It can it can the sum sometimes the um, your the finished product is greater than the sum of its parts, you know, uh, and that's really special when you found somebody like that. I've got a couple that, I'm, that I work with who are we really jive. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then like, one of the things that we like to do on here is help younger musicians, like give them some advice. So I want to take the next few minutes and kind of run in that direction a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, in general, what advice do you have for younger musicians? Stay hungry. Um, it's obviously a big one. Stagnation, you know, uh, is, is a real worry. 
uh, and keep expanding, keep learning. A lot of young musicians uh, get the ego thing too early, you know, but you got to stay humble because like the, the better you get. And as you keep leveling up and breaking through ceilings musically, you realize really how far you still have to go. Um, you know, because you, you start rubbing elbows with people that are equally talented, if not more talented than you, but also have more skill. Um, so yeah, just stay humble, stay hungry, uh, constantly feed your mind with things that will expand your musical palette and your musical vocabulary. Um, and really just, um, don't be a punk. That's the biggest thing about working with artists, um, is artists are sometimes crazy. You know, we're notorious for it. It's that creative brand is also the kind of brand that sometimes lends itself to unhealthy habits or, um, just, you know, general craziness. So if you can be the kind of person, the kind of artist that, other artists want to work with then you will always have a job you'll always have work you know i know plenty of artists who are of musicians who are not necessarily necessarily even the best at their craft but they're such a good hang and they're and they're so easy to work with and such a, a good addition to the band that it's a no-brainer you know I, and me personally i'd rather hire somebody who's you know i'd rather hire a guitarist who's a a seven but a stable seven than a nine who might you know, go on a bender before we go yeah. on the road. So it's. Yeah. And th that makes sense. Um, l let's go in that direction a little bit. Um, do you have like a go-to band that you like to perform with, or do you just hire based on who's available at any given time? Um, well, t this past couple of years, I haven't really been hitting the, I haven't been booking as many band shows uh, here in Nashville because I've still been kind of getting my, getting my feet wet here and, and, you know, carving out my, my place. Um, I do have preferred people that I'll go back to if they're available. And now I'm starting to find those people here in Nashville that I'm like, okay, this is my guy for this. You know, if I, if I, if I ever need drums, it's going to be my first call um, and stuff like that. But yeah, it, Nashville it is hard because everybody's in 10 different bands, you know? And so you got to have your first through fourth choices lined up at all, any given time, you know? Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, I much, I would much rather prefer to work with the same people you know yeah. makes it easier so primarily right now you're doing like the solo shows i have been yeah or it, when you when you're able to do shows right now well yeah i haven't done a show since uh i saw on your facebook was like april or something Is that yeah it, well it was probably late march um before okay. i started quarantining when, when i was playing and i was uh uh, it's mainly solo shows because it's easy for me to do and to balance with work. If I, if I book gigs out of town, then I can take my band on the road and have that, you know, um, laid out far in advance, but it's so easy to pop up and, and do a singer songwriter, uh, you know, showcase or a songwriter round or play a solo show downtown on Broadway or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier to do that. So I've just been doing that. I'm just trying to still trying to figure this whole thing out. Nashville is a, a complicated town. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Have you uh, been experimenting with the uh, like live streaming and doing shows or any of that live stream concerts? Dude, I'm horrible at it. I'm a horrible at live streaming. I, I don't like using the phone in general. And I, I hate videoing and taking pictures of myself as well. Um, sorry about all the trucks. I know it's, can you hear it over on I your end? I heard that one, but I before that I hadn't really picked up on anything too crazy. Sorry, man. My uh, my plan to sit on the porch might be backfiring a little bit. Oh, you're good. Um, but uh, what was the question? Uh, it was about 
what did I just ask? I got off on a tangent, man. I do that. No, you're good. Um, let's see. It was bands, musicians that you prefer to work with, solo acoustic shows, live streams. There you go. Oh, yeah, live streaming. That's uh, Dude, that's huge. The whole social media um, presence is really how people are making their living is how people are getting paid and, and staying on the on the map, you know, and a festival promoter very may, may well likely, um, you know, not select you as an artist if you don't have so-and-so number of of views or followers on whatever their platform of choice is and so um that's it's that's a whole it's a whole different ball game than it used to be and so unfortunately you have to be equally as good at your social media and live streaming and the whole technology of it as you do playing your music which is kind of frustrating i just want to play i just want to play and sing my songs and and uh not have to deal with all that uh but you know it's a it's just a part of it. It's just part of that new landscape of the digital age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where are you? Where are you most active at on social media right now, or do you just not really push your social that much? I'm most active on Instagram. That's I like that platform a lot, um, and it seems to be it's where most of the artists I follow is is through Instagram. Uh, Facebook can be cool too. It's a little clunkier. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't really tweet. I'm not, I, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm missing the boat. Some people swear by it, but I'm not a big Twitter guy. I never really understood. Or TikTok. I don't. Yeah. I, I haven't quite figured out TikTok yet. I'm trying. I'm really trying, but I feel like a lot of the content I produce is very high quality and not saying that the stuff that's on TikTok isn't high quality, but it's more canned it's meant to be more candid content planned out candid content if that makes any kind of sense did you ever do vine when vine was still a thing i tried it a couple times like i tried to get on some of the fads that were on there but it at that time i wasn't doing the live and amplified thing so vine wasn't something that i was really well tiktok is essentially just the new incarnation of vine i don't i still don't know why vine went under but uh yeah it's just like here's six seconds of me doing something that might entertain you or it yeah. might not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wormhole, man. Like you'll go down that and four hours later, you're just like, Oh my God, I've been watching yep. this like half the day. Oh, I did that the other day on YouTube. I just, I was like, wanted to watch this video that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And so I watched it. And then the next recommended video was another video I hadn't seen in a really long time. And four hours later, it's like, wait a minute, I just watched every top video from 2006. What did I just do with my life? You know, you know, and so that happens on every platform is just going into wormholes. And yeah, those are hours that you'll be begging for on your deathbed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you know, it happens. So uh, you but yeah, like I had mentioned, I hadn't I haven't really been able to figure out Vine, you know, content might be a little much for vine twitter i mainly go for to kind of get a pulse on what people are talking about right and what what like is currently trending and whatnot i don't really post that much unless somebody unless there's a conversation that i'm interested in i'll jump in the conversation and kind of get involved that way but other than that i really don't post any like original original content on twitter but mainly Facebook, and I'm starting to get back into Instagram. Heck, man, I'm I'm almost afraid to post anything on Twitter. I don't. I'm afraid of the 13 year old girls, you know, 
coming at me about something you know you gotta be it's like seems to be the forum where uh i don't know the most uh vocal of us tend to take to twitter and it's very entertaining i I love watching it but as far as participating i'll just just chill back here and just watch it yeah yeah it's definitely definitely an interesting landscape to be in um but so you're getting hoping to step back in the studio in july is that kind of pandemic pending or is that like a pretty firm plan? Well, I'd like as firm as I, I can, as I can make it, I'll, obviously if, you know, if the situation changes, if we have like a, uh, another spike, you know, the pandemic and if the studio is no longer functional, then I'll have to adjust to that. Um, I'll, I'll play it by ear because the safety of, you know, obviously myself and the people I work with is, is, you know, paramount. So I, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't jeopardize that, but um who can say, man? I honestly have no. I'm just waiting on a meteor to come hit the planet because that seems to be the trajectory that humankind is is on right now. You know, it's not a good one. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I was I was on Facebook the other day, and or yeah, it was a Saturday when the uh, SpaceX yeah. rocket launched, and somebody posted a meme that said, uh, "To the two astronauts that decided to leave Earth, good choice." <laughs> yeah you know and i was just like oh that's funny it's kind of mean but it's funny you know it's one of those things where it's accurate man dude I, I just wish just give me a little space to set up a beanbag chair in the cargo hold or something man like yeah. take, take me with you yeah you know but um how's everything kind of been holding up in nashville with all the more recent stuff going on i've read a lot of articles about uh rioting looting all that stuff how from where you're where you're at how's it everything holding up um well so i'm in east nashville uh i'm in the middle of east nashville so it's across the river from downtown and downtown was kind of where most of the protesting and and, uh the marching took place uh so i didn't really i didn't see any of that from where i was um i i'm I'm afraid of the crowd you know so i'm staying away from as many people as i can Uh, but you know i i think it's a i feel like people who have been unheard deserve to be heard, you know, mm-hmm. and there's where there are worthy causes, things worthy of taking action for and, and, and speaking up about. And I think it's time that, that people were heard. And so as long as we can, you know, stay safe and, and be good and be kind to each other and, and, you know, yeah. uh, be, you know, be safe. That's, that's what I worry about so much with, with yeah. clashes like that, man. I just don't Absolutely. want anybody to get hurt. You know, and it, it was interesting because uh, my, I think it was my mom asked me if I was, gonna be all right during the pandemic and then everything with the rioting and stuff and it's like mom you obviously don't know me i'm naturally introverted like yeah you know yeah if every once in a while i'll go out to like a show but it has to be a place that i'm familiar with and i'm comfortable with if i'm not familiar with how everything is kind of laid out there i'll be a little skeptical to be there you know and so like i'm very introverted and very cautious when i'm in new surroundings which is you know i'm totally the same way man it's it's not really in my nature to be out in the to be out in the front um i'd rather hang back and see how it all plays out too and so it's hard like those kind of situations you want to you want to help and you want to be present and to and to participate in in your way but um you know it's also a certain amount of anxiety and risk too with the whole coronavirus i gosh i don't know what's going to happen it's what was really unfortunate timing um because there's going to be with i think of all these people congregating there's got to be some kind of relapse you know 
Yeah. Um, just is well, what it is, you know. Especially being in Nashville, you guys have just been getting hit. Like, 2020 has just been a rough year for Nashville. Dude, yeah, Nashville's been taking on the chin, man. So, like, right before this, this uh, the whole pandemic really, like, fleshed out here, we got hit by that tornado. tornado. Yeah, that just destroyed, you know, parts of north and south and, and even east Nashville here. There's still damage from those tornadoes, man. I was going through five points, and buildings just gone, man. That were just place I love to go. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, the pandemic hit Nashville really hard because most of this city is entertainment or service industry, you know, restaurants or music. And both of those are shut down indefinitely. So we took it hard. And then another windstorm came a couple of weeks back and, and trashed more stuff. So it's uh, and then now this. So it's been a tough time man. Nashville is not 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 doing so hot as of late. You know, because I was there the end of January. We had worked with a bunch of local acts and stuff like that. Um we went to uh have you ever heard of diamond sound studios yeah yeah okay yeah we were in we had rented one of their spots to do a bunch of different things um and then shortly after that the tornado hit and it's like all right well let me make sure all our people are cool and safe and luckily everybody that we had worked with they were either in South Nashville, Murfreesboro, or, you know, just like away from it. So that was good. And then the pandemic hit and a lot of the, or a lot of the musicians we work with, they had to cancel any tours that they had any, like a lot of, there was a few people that were planning on coming. I'm in Waco, Texas right now. So I'm about an hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours away from Austin. And so we get a lot of the South by Southwest people that'll come through Waco so like when they're going to South by they'll come through Waco and play like the night before two nights before or whatever it is and so there was a lot of musicians planning to come to South by whether it was an official showcase an unofficial showcase or whatever and so it was like okay cool we're gonna have all these musicians here I'm gonna try and get them in do podcasts do jam sessions you know just like plan it out and run it out and then the pandemic hit and they canceled South by Southwest. And I'm sitting here like, no, all these musicians not coming any, you know, and it's, you know, it was just. It messed up everybody's schedule, man. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, even with the, uh, you know, big tours are going to be out of luck. Like the small guys like us can still, we can still tour because we don't require those, those massive anchor dates, you know, yeah. the big festivals that for, but, you know, like think about those bands that sell out, um, you know, stadiums and, and huge venues like that, if they can't, you know, they're going to be in, in real trouble, man. I mean, I alone had to, I had to cancel 10 to 15 shows, you know, that were upcoming. And so I can't imagine, and I didn't even have much money riding on that. I can imagine some of these bands that make a living. You know. When I know a lot of the international bands, they lost out because usually in like March and April, they come over from like the UK or Sydney or where, wherever they're coming from yeah. and they'll do like tours starting off right around the beginning of festival season, like starting around South by Southwest and they'll come do tours and, you know, and all that stuff. And I know a handful of musicians that they had to cancel those tours and they're out thousands of dollars that they'll never get back. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, dang that, like, especially for an independent musician that $4,000 that probably took them two years to save up. You know, depending on their situation. Circumstances, yeah. 
it's it's tough man that's uh you know it's one of this whole well i guess our industry is one that you know as soon as times get hard that it, it's one of the first things to go you know it's a it's a luxury for most people it's a lifestyle for us that are in it but yeah. it's, it's like a, just a pleasantry for most folks and so it's it's hard man trying to explain you know uh how how tight money is you know as a starving artist to 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 some folks is a and it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be going on for quite a while because I, I've kind of developed this theory that even as the pandemic starts lifting, people are going to be more timid to go out into the bigger crowds for a little while. So yeah. all these, so you've got the different levels of different types of musicians. You got the musicians that do the big stadium shows. They'll do like the big concert hall or they'll do like, concert halls and you know like they play at the various different levels and so if you have musicians that just want to get out there and play they're gonna to have to step down a notch so like you got the big legendary musicians that'll go sell out at&t stadium or wembley or madison square garden you know just like the big ginormous stadiums they're gonna to have to step it down a notch if they really want to get out there and play yeah it's true and and it's going to take an effect. Eventually, it'll take an effect on independent musicians that are playing at local bars and stuff because the people that are doing like clubs and small or medium sized venues are going to have to come back and start doing bars. So yeah. it, it's going to be a really interesting time. Yeah, man. It really depends on people. I, I can see it going both ways. <clears throat> I'm sure some people are going to be like hesitant to go out. Um, also, part of me thinks, you know, people are short-sighted, you know, and, and we tend to, unless something's right in front of our face, you know, we, we kind of forget about it. So, I don't know. Like, I anticipate Broadway, at least here, being hopping very soon. You know, as soon as they're legally allowed to, I, I anticipate it being, you know, just just wild. Absolutely. So, I, I don't know, man. We'll, we're going we're gonna to see. It's You won't catch me going to a, you know, going to a stadium or going to a football stadium or anything for, you know, for a while yet, man. I'm, yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, for me, it was something that I only did every once in a while, A, because growing up, we never had a whole bunch of money to go see Metallica or whoever go play. And plus, the music I listened to and the music my parents listened to were like two completely different wavelengths. So, you know, it was trying to convince them, hey, 13-year-old me wants to go see Metallica or ACDC or whoever go play at live in concert wasn't going to happen with my parents because that's not who they listen to now yeah, that's a tough sell man getting getting your uh getting your conservative parents to go out and take you to a metallica show would be a that'd be a tough one and not so much that they were conservative because they it was more like jimmy buffett jethro tall sticks guys like that oh. it's like that that would have been cool now looking back saying 13 year old me got to go see Jethro Tull, Styx, Beach Boys, whoever playing. That looking that back at it up. now, that would have been awesome. But thirteen year old me was like, no, I don't want to go see them play. Yeah, you, know? you just wanted to rage, man. You wanted to party. Yeah, I, I know. Man. Well, yeah, I love was shoot. Your parents have good music taste, man. Yeah, you know, and that that's ultimately what got me into music was I grew up in Chicago or south suburbs of Chicago, and so we had oldies 104.3 and it was sticks queen led zeppelin you know just like all the seven 60s 70s 
and and later on it would become the 80s like rock era and then yeah that's the best time for music man i don't i don't know if we're ever going to see a period of 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 a musical renaissance in that kind of way i guess we are now and in uh in a way but we're in the middle of it man i like like you said sticks you know when when's who's going to put out a grand illusion album or something like that you know something that's really going to change the game or queen we just i don't know man there was something about that time when everything was fresh and um man, i, wish I don't know i think we might be at the very early stages of a renaissance because the, like if you look at the way everything's setting up you've got thousands of musicians that have been sitting at home with nothing to do other than work on their craft and if they're really serious about their craft and really serious about their musicianship they're sitting on hours and hours, albums and albums of content. And it's only a matter of time before the next white album comes out before, you know, I hope just, so. yeah, we need something. Yeah. Before the next purple haze, you know, like what, whatever it is, if we can, yeah, if, if we could, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some, some really brilliant stuff come out of this, uh, out of this quarantine. There's also going to be, you know, a lot of divorces and, and uh, newly christened alcoholics as well coming out of it, but uh, but yeah, it, it is, there's no excuse not to put your time in and, and you know work on your work on your craft, man. There's I know I've written some very good songs during this quarantine, so yeah. if everybody else is following suit, man, we should have some good material coming out. Yeah, and so I'm really excited, and you know, there's definitely been a lot of musicians that are primarily like they're doing like the DIY stuff. They're getting their content out there writing it recording it and releasing it while it's still relevant so probably more like covid19 based like there's this one guy he wrote recorded and shot a music video in the matter of six weeks during the quarantine and the song is called like the day america shut down or the world shut down or something like that and so like i was listening to it he sent it to me he's like Hey man, just let me know. Does this look hokey or sound hokey, or is it like? Let me know what you think, and I listen to it, and I'm like, it's not my style of music, first of all. So you know, it's it, it's it, it definitely didn't appeal to me. But considering you wrote this, recorded it, shot it by yourself in six weeks, that's impressive. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, hey man, there's always a it, opportunity. It, you know it. Every, everything is a, is a is an entertainment moment you know if you seize it so way to capitalize on that man I, I i applaud you i've been i've been it's been hard to motivate me to just take you know just to post on instagram so good on good on him yeah absolutely absolutely um so as the pandemic is like we're, we're starting to see things kind of slowly opening back up i i project probably by about middle end of july we'll start seeing things get to a point where they're kind of back to normal uh, are you starting to look at possibly booking a late summer set of shows or are you looking beyond the pandemic to start booking shows or have you not heard enough about well, uh well you know man, i've got something booked as early as july 3rd okay um, actually you know they're already there some of the places where i was playing are already booking music again um it's limited capacity and it's not as many full bands and large groups but they're already booking and so it's like it's kind of a fine line where you don't want to get out there too early and expose yourself to unnecessary risk 
but also if you wait too long, all the slots, all the dates are going to be taken and, and, you, yeah. and you'll just be left sitting on your hands. And so I'm trying to, I'm flirting with that. I'm, 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 I don't know, man, I, I've got, yeah, by mid July, I'm going to be in full swing though. I, I anticipate, I don't think I can afford to, uh, to wait any longer. Wait, say, say hi to my housemate here. Who's that? This is Heather. He's here. Hey. Nice. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so the, yeah, that, you know, it's interesting. You don't want to jump. You don't want to be that first musician out. That's like that guy, like, oh, he broke so many, or he was the first musician out, you know? So, but I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Don't want to be the last out either. It's, it's just it's a fine line, man. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's, yeah. Absolutely. But um, as we start coming towards the end of the podcast and stuff, um, what what do you hope people get out of your single, The River, that you said it came out in May? Uh, 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 April, uh, early April, April 3rd, it came out. Um, man, I really just, uh, I, I kind of, I try and approach my music from a place of love and, and to share some of that joy that I get from it and the way it makes me feel with other folks. And so I hope this song was effective in that regard. Um, I wanted it to be a song about, you know, possibility and redemption and cleansing and, and rooted in love. And so if I was able to communicate that with my listeners, I, I, I'd say I, I did a good job. So you'll have to give it a, a listen, man, and tell me what you think about it. See if I, see if I did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to listen to it a little bit before the, uh, before the, uh, um, before we jumped on here. And it's definitely a great song. Like I, I have to listen to it a few times before I officially form an opinion on it because, you know, I'm one of those guys where I don't like to take songs from the hip, so to speak, you know, cause there's definitely songs where I've listened to it the first time. I was like, what is this crap? Like, yeah, you know, and then I listened to it five times and that sixth time I listened to it, it's it like, me. wait a minute did I really call this song crap? Like, you know, so I got to listen. I definitely got to listen to it to a few, few times before I start forming opinions and stuff like that. You know, I got to give it a fair shake. I got to do the same thing. You got to roll around your head a little bit. And sometimes like ideas that there are presented are are a little too, like, uh, it's, it's not palatable for you at the time, you know, but the more you like, you familiar, more comfortable it gets over time, man. Some of my favorite, you know, albums were ones that just didn't hit me when I, when I heard them off the bat. I was like, what is that but over time it's like whoa you started to get it so i'm, I'm totally with you man i understand yeah, absolutely absolutely um so we like to wrap up every podcast with one question it's kind of a vague question but we word it so you can kind of take it wherever you want to take it but um why music uh, i don't it, it wasn't a choice really um i mean everything's a choice but people it's a rare thing when you can find something that speaks to you and that you feel compelled and drawn to do you know and it, it's it's like it's a force it's magnetic in the same way that people are drawn to each other you know through love you know it's not always a rational thing but uh to me this is the only, the thing that's made me happier than anything else in the world is to express myself in this way and, and pursuing my creative muse so it's i don't see it as a choice really if i want to be happy then there is there's no choice so that's hope that answers your question yeah absolutely absolutely 
Uh, and then where can everybody kind of find you online, find your single, find any new music, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, well, feel free to check out my website, just CampbellHarrisonMusic.com. Um, got pretty much everything aggregated there for you. Also, uh, CamH30 on Instagram or Campbell Harrison Music on uh, Facebook. It's my page. But yeah, you can uh, all over there. You'll have links to, to my media and to, and to my press kit or, or to stream some music and go check it out. And I hope everybody liked it and, and uh, hope you're all staying safe during this quarantine apocalypse phenomenon. Yeah, that is probably the most accurate way to describe everything that is going on right now. Yeah. Uh, that's great. But um, thank you so much for jumping on here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's, it's always fun when I get to sit down and talk with musicians for the first time. And literally the podcast is the first conversation we have. Yeah, man. It, it's very cool. I'll, I'll give you a virtual handshake there. Uh, over yep. the, Yes, there we go. Yep. Well done. Nice to meet you. Yep. Nice to meet you as well. And uh, appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. And next time we come out to Nashville, we were hoping it was going to be in July, but now, obviously, with everything kind of up in the air, it'll probably be like the end of the year or maybe January again. So we'll probably have to do it every year in January for right well, now. A lot, man, when you're, when you're in here and, uh, you know, I'd love to, love to meet up and, and grab a beer if that's your thing or, or whatever, but uh, yeah. absolutely, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you go check him out. Check out his new single. Check out Campbell Harrison Music on Facebook, you know, his website, his new single, The River. And once again, thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. And we will see you guys later. Thanks, brother. Thanks, everybody.